amen. Amen. We're going to get into the message this morning. We're going to be looking at 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Before we look at that together, man, isn't it awesome to be in the house of God this morning? Isn't there just a joy in this place? Man, that's just the, the crazy thing about uh, the, the house of God is that you can be having just the worst week, but you can when, when you get into the presence of God, it's almost like there's a joy that is beyond our circumstances. Amen? If you believe that, say Amen. Amen. And so we're just extremely joyful to be here in this place this morning. I know I am. And I'm just so blessed to be here. You guys are an awesome church. And uh, we're looking forward to a really good morning together. Tell says, get ready for a great morning. Praise God. Praise God. Well, last week was a really cool Sunday. It was called Kickoff Sunday, and we kicked off a brand new year at Thrive here by launching our new theme for this coming year. If you know the theme for this coming year, why don't you say it with me? The new theme for our new year is called Expand Your Territory. And what we're talking about when we say expand your territory is this. We mean it in two ways. Expand your territory is a prayer to God. It's us saying to God, God, I want you to expand your territory in me. I don't want to keep being the same person that I used to be, that I want you to do the work that only you can do in my home, in my heart, in my habits, in my school, in my workplace, in, in my thinking, in my mind, you know, in my city, in my church. God, expand your territory in me. That's the first level at which we think of expand your territory. We want God's kingdom to come here at Thrive, here in your lives, and here in our city. If you believe that, say amen. amen. There's a second level at which we talk about expand your territory. It's a way to challenge you. Tell the person it's to challenge you. It's to challenge the way you look at life this coming year. It's to energize the way you look at this life this coming year. Is that this life this coming year for you is not just going to be about living in fear, but it's about living in faith. It's not going to be just about living as if the best was behind you, but living because the best is yet to come. It's about living in a way where you know that it's not just about you, your happiness, your agenda, your convenience, your comfort, but you know that you're blessed to be a blessing. So expand your territory. Amen. It's about having a a bigger heart for God, a bigger heart for people. It's about expanding your territory. This year, everything we do at Thrive is talking about expanding your territory because we believe that God wants you to take the amount of joy that's in your life, the amount of wisdom that's in your heart, the amount of vision that you have, the amount of influence that God has given you, and he wants to expand that this coming year for the glory of his name. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place together right now. It's time to expand your territory. Amen. Amen. And that's why we're talking about expanding your territory. Over the next few weeks, we're talking about what it takes to expand your territory. What are the things that need to happen for God to expand your territory? So last week, we looked at a message called, uh, you know, glorious ambition. We talked about how God expands your territory through ambition. Everyone say ambition. Ambition. See, God didn't make you to live with no ambition. God didn't make you to live with selfish ambition, but God made you to live with a glorious God-given ambition. What is ambition? Ambition is a strong desire to do or to achieve something that requires hard work, that requires determination. You're not really living if you don't have ambition. If you don't have ambition, if you have no goals you're going for, no dreams you're chasing, then you're basically just waiting to die. We don't want to be people who are just waiting to die. We want to make the most out of every opportunity we have. We don't want to live in the past. We want to live in the now. And part of expanding your territory is realizing that I need to have a dream to pursue. That God made me not to live without ambition or with selfish ambition, but he made me to live with the God-given glorious ambition. If you believe that, say amen. amen. God loves to bless and use people with ambition. God loves to bless people who have a dream. And see, you can't have a great marriage without ambition. You can't have a great business without ambition. You can't have a great ministry without ambition. You can't have a great family without ambition. That's why ambition is so very important. How do you guys know if you, how many, how many, how, how many know, how do you know if you are lacking ambition? Well, there, there's, a, there's a few clues. One is that, you know, you, you don't really b- dream any big dreams. You're always like kind of, you know, you're not really, you know, stepping out in faith. You're not really taking any risks. You're just pl- playing it safe all the time. That could be a clue that you're lacking ambition. You don't really know what you're living for. That could be a clue that you're lacking ambition. You know, you might be lacking ambition if you procrastinate a lot. Any procrastinators in this place? You don't have to raise your hand. But any, any procrastinators, you're, you're always, you know, missing deadlines. People are always chasing after you. Come, okay, it's time. Hello, are you ready? See, when you lack ambition, you'll find that you often procrastinate a lot. When you lack ambition, you'll also find that you make excuses for yourself a lot. You're often saying, oh, that can't be done. Oh, we can't do that. That's way too hard. We don't have the time. We don't have the money. We don't have what it takes. Instead of having a can-do attitude, because I believe God made you have a can-do attitude, you often make excuses for yourself. That's a sign that you lack ambition. You know what's another sign that you lack ambition is if you give up easily. 
if you say yes to something, but somewhere before you hit the finish line, in the middle of that, you know, of that journey, you say, oh, forget it, it's too hard, let's just stop right here. That's all signs that we lack ambition. But see, God didn't make you to lack ambition. He made you to have a glorious God-given ambition. If you believe that, say amen. And if you find that you're a person who lacks ambition, one of the best places you can be is in church. One of the best things you can do is to get in the presence of God because God wants to give you a glorious ambition. Amen? Here at Thrive, we live for a glorious ambition. And if you know what our glorious ambition is as a church, why don't you say it with me out loud right now. Many of you know it. Why don't you say it with me right now. It is that here at Thrive, we exist for five purposes called A-E-I-O-U. A is for alive. It means we're here to worship Jesus. E is for expectant. It means we're here to grow into Christ-like disciples. I is for involved. It means we want to serve God with our talents. O is for out loud. It means we want to lead others to Jesus. And U is for united. It means we're here to love our spiritual family, and our goal, our dream, our ambition is to build a church of 10,000 AEIU leaders in the city of Vancouver. Come on, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. That is our ambition here in this place as a church. And see, here's the thing, is that every day, every week, we're moving forward to that vision. And so what we're we're doing in just less than one month is we are doing something that we've never done here before at Thrive. We are moving to two services. Amen. In, 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 in October 8th, Thanksgiving weekend, we are moving to two services, and from then on, we'll be having two services, not just one, 9.30, 11.30. It's because we have a glorious ambition to reach more people for Jesus Christ in our city. Amen. It's to help our children's workers, our children's volunteers. It's to have healthier children. It's to give more people opportunities to serve. But more than anything else, it's to make room for more people to come to know Jesus through Thrive Church. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand for our glorious ambition. Give him a shout as well. Come on. Amen. We have a glorious ambition. We have a glorious ambition. Are you excited for two services coming up? Yeah, praise God. I was having dinner last night with uh, some friends, and we were meeting uh, a waitress there, and, and we were talking about church, and she'd actually been to our church before, but she's like, oh, yeah, but 10 o'clock is really early for me because I wake up, or I, I, go to, I go to work really late on Saturday night, and I was like, hey, and, and, and Pastor Shaw was like, hey, don't worry, good news, in a month's time, we got an 1130 service. And you know what she said? She's like, Yes, because she's so excited to come. And so we hope to see her here very soon. Praise God. The moment we go to 9.30 and 11.30, we're reaching more people for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Tell person, I'm excited for two services. Praise God. It's because we have a glorious ambition as a church. God expands your territory through ambition. Today, I want to talk about the second key to God expanding your territory. And that's this. You can write this down today. God expands your territory through asking through asking. In fact, today, the message I'm here to share with you is called Expand Your Territory Through Asking. See, today, if you've ever been curious as to how do you pray prayers that God will answer? How do you make requests where you have a very strong confidence that God is going to grant you that request? Why is it that some people pray and their answers uh, come easily? Why is it that some people pray and sometimes those answers never come? We're going to talk about that today. Look at First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10 together with me right now. Read in a big, loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. We've been talking about a guy called Jabez. Everyone say Jabez. A guy who was born into a very painful past, who was born into a painful background, but then he prayed a prayer and God expanded his territory. I want you to take a look at verse 10 with me right now. Read it with a big loud voice. One, two, three, it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. See, at first glance, when you read this prayer that Jabez is praying to God, doesn't it seem pretty selfish? doesn't seem like a pretty selfish prayer. Look at that. It's, hey, he's going, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. See, notice this. Jabez is not praying, God, would you please end world hunger? He's not saying, God, would you bless my mother? He's not saying, God, would you heal that stranger? He's not saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. He's saying, bless me 
And yet God granted his request. What's going on? Does God honor selfish prayers? Does God honor self-centeredness? See, the lesson here is not that God honors selfishness or self-centeredness, but the lesson here is that God honors those who have boldness to ask him for things that only he can do. Is that God honors you when you put boldness, with boldness and with faith, you come to God and you ask him to do that which you could not do on your own. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. See, what did Jabez ask for? Let's look at what exactly did Jabez ask for. See, the fact is Jabez asked for three things, three things in particular. If you want to break down his prayer, there are three things that he asks for. The first thing that Jabez asks for, he asks for God's provision. Everyone say God's provision. He says, oh, that you would bless me. He wants God to provide for him. Second thing is that he asks for is he asks for God's presence. Everyone say God's presence. He says, let your hand be with me. Third, Jabez asks for God's protection. He says, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. See, what's the lesson here? The lesson here is that you can be honest with God about what you need. You don't have to be afraid to ask him for what you need. Because the fact is this, God loves you. Tell the person to you, God loves you. God loves you an incredible, unlimited amount. So much so that before you ever thought about God, God was already thinking about you. Before you ever reached for God, God was already reaching for you. How do you know that? It's because 2,000 years ago, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, for you and for me. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be reconciled to God. Whereas our sins separate us from God, whereas we had no way of reaching God our own, God sent Jesus Christ to be the bridge that through his sacrifice on the cross, we could be forgiven and we could be brought back to God. And it's through Jesus Christ that we experience God's provision. It's through Jesus Christ that we experience God's presence. It's through Jesus Christ that we experience God's protection. If you believe that, give God a big hand in this place. Give God a big hand for Jesus Christ. His son. Are you guys awake in this place this morning? I said, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place. Come on. It's Jesus Christ that we're talking about this morning. Amen. Let's all read Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 together. One, two, three, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love those verses. It's saying, let us approach the throne of grace. Let's approach God's presence with confidence. Everyone say confidence. Confidence. With boldness, it means, so that you can receive mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. You don't have to come into God's presence feeling, oh, I don't know if he's there. I don't know if he cares. I don't know if he's going to answer. I don't know if he's going to hear. But you can come into the presence of God knowing that he loves you, knowing that you can come into his presence with confidence because Jesus Christ died for you, and you can come into his presence knowing that you can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time. And come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. That's what Jesus did for you and for me. He gave us the presence of God. He gave us the protection of God, and he gave us the provision of God, just like he did for Jabez. If you believe that, say amen. And see, Jabez was not afraid to ask God for what he needed. And as a result, God expanded his territory. And the same way, this coming year, if you want to see God expand your territory in 2017, 2018, then you need to learn to ask God as well. You need to learn to ask God the way that Jabez asked God. Because here's the thing, you access God's greatest blessings by asking. See, the way that God's greatest blessings are accessed by you and me is through asking. It's not enough to have ambition. It's not enough just to think, oh, they'll be there somehow. But it's about asking for God's blessing. Everyone say, ask. Tell the person to you, you need to ask. Look at Matthew 7, 7 to 8 together with me. 1, 2, 3, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. See, oftentimes the reason why we don't have what we want or what we don't, and we don't have what we need, oftentimes the reason why we don't experience God's power like maybe we would ideally like to, is not because God's not there, it's not because God doesn't care, it's because we don't ask God. Is that we keep relying on our own power to get what we think we need. If you can relate to that, say amen. amen. James 4.2 says it this way, read it with me. It says, you do not have because you don't ask God. See, Sometimes the reason why we don't have what we need is simply because we don't ask. 
I remember about six years ago, seven years ago, my wife and I, Pastor Shelley and I, we were living in a condo. It was a small apartment, very romantic. You know, it was just the two of us. You know, small apartment, perfect for a young couple like us. And uh, about uh, a few years after living in that apartment, we thought, you know what, one day we'd like to have a family. We're going to need a bigger place. And so we started looking around for homes. Uh, we had a specific area that we were hoping to be in, but we were open to other areas. We started looking home after home after home after home after home, but we could never find the home that we wanted. We, walked, we, we, we looked for six months, for six months. And you know how many homes we looked at over six months? We looked at over 100 homes, over 100 homes. And, you know, Charlene, she is so smart. She's a lot smarter than me. Uh, she, uh, has a, she, she's a, she's a master at Excel spreadsheets. You guys use Excel spreadsheets, anyone here? And she, she's, she's so good at Excel spreadsheets. She, she can fry an egg using Excel. You know, she, she, she could drive a car using Excel. You know, she could, you know, she could do a lot with Excel that I cannot do. And, uh, you know, every time there was a house that came up on the market that was in the area that we were interested in, you know, she, she, would, she would have it. It would pop up on her screen. She'd put it into the system. We'd get there right away. We'd try to be the first people there. But for some reason, despite all of our hard work and all of our effort, we could not find the house that we were looking for. You know, one day, my wife and I were eating dinner with my parents, and my parents, they know that we're looking for a house, and my dad was like, you guys, you guys are looking for six months? You looked for a hundred homes? You still haven't found it? What's wrong with you guys? And then he said one more thing. He asked me, JB, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? And the fact was, I hadn't. For six months, I hadn't. And this is kind of embarrassing for me. I'm a pastor. And I hadn't prayed about this issue. And I was a bit embarrassed, but I was like, actually, Dad, you're, you're right. I, I haven't. I haven't prayed about it. And that night, I went home and realized, man, all this time, we've been searching, working so hard, researching, trying to be the first to look at all these different open houses, and yet we didn't do the simple thing, the main thing that we need to do, is we never asked God for it. And so that night, I went back to our little apartment. I got on the laptop, and I started writing down something in my electronic journal started writing down the, the things that we're hoping to find in this house that we're looking for. And there's like maybe 15 different traits. And you know, everything from the, which neighborhood we want to be in, how many bedrooms, how many on the first floor, how many on the second floor, how many bathrooms, uh, how wide the lot should be, how high the ceilings should be, open plan where the kitchen you know, opens up into the living room, you know, all these different things. And wrote down all these different pr- like criteria, our budget, all that stuff. And then at the end of that, I said, thank you, God, in advance for this house. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, you know what happened? I went to sleep, woke up the next morning, was heading to the gym. Took a wrong turn. I went left instead of right. And I ended up in the area where we were hoping to find a home. And I was like, oh, since I'm in the area, I'll just kind of look around. And as I'm looking through, driving through this area, I find a home that looks really cute. I was like, hey, that's a cute home. And it had, a, it had a, a for sale sign in the front. And then I, I called Char, Pastor Charlie, and I said, hey, Char, like, wh- what do you think of this home? And she's like, uh, it doesn't come up in my system. Uh, I, I can't see it here. What, what's going on? Something's wrong. Or like, are you sure it's a for sale? It's like, yeah, I see a for sale sign right there. And finally, I called the realtor. And I said, uh, and, 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 and I called the number on the for sale sign. The realtor answered. And they said, how do you know that this house is for sale? We didn't tell anybody yet. I, I literally, she said, I literally just put the for sale sign into the grass just an hour ago. And she had not put it, she hadn't, she, hadn't, she hadn't listed on MLS, didn't do anything like that. And so she was shocked as to the fact that I had seen it. And so I called her and said, hey, can we take a look? We got a preview of the house. It matched all of the criteria that we had written down before. We put an offer, they accepted it. And within a couple months, we were in that house. That was an amazing thing that happened, an amazing answer prayer. Let's give God a big, big hand for that. And for six months, I, I, we, we worked so hard without asking God. But then finally, I ask, we ask, and on the next day, God grants that request. Man, I should have asked God a long time ago. Amen? Amen. For sure. And if you think that's a coincidence, that, that was our old home. We since have moved to a newer home, uh, not because the old home uh, was not good, but because we wanted to move closer to an area where our son was going to school. And we moved there to a home where Almost exactly the same thing happened. Where we are, you know, this time we learned our lesson. We, we, we didn't, like, search for, uh, for, for months and months before we asked God. First, we asked God. We put in, put in our specifications. And praise God, within three weeks of that, we saw an open house. You know, it was in a market now where, you know, it was really, really tough conditions. Where, you know, prices are going score high. And, and, and you know, you have, like, a house that you pay maybe $500,000 for. And they'll, they'll say, what are you asking? Oh, it's about $5 million. 
five million for this house? I'm, oh, okay, okay, okay. And, and, and under those circumstances, we were trying to find a home, and, but we did the same thing. We just believed in faith. Okay, we're just going to ask. We're going to have these things, these criteria. We're going to ask. And on that day, that open house, we found a home that met our criteria. And it was just a matter of, okay, we, let's just hope no one bids on this home. Let's just hope that there's you know, no, no crazy investors who want to invest in this home. Uh, and, and so what ended up happening was on that day, it was pouring rain. Pouring, 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 pouring rain. No one would want to go see an open house on that day. And we end up being there almost the only ones in this open house. And, and we end up putting in an offer. We got the house for the, for, for, the, for the budget we were hoping for. And God is good because he answers our prayers. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Amen. Amen. Why do I share that with you? It's to say, if you want to access the blessings of God, you need to ask. Amen. You need to ask. And what I learned from this whole experience is that when it comes to the biggest blessings God has for you, God waits for you to ask. Is there something or someone you need to be asking for today that you're not asking for right now? Maybe it's help in your marriage. Maybe it's to find that you know, life partner. Maybe it's about, about your future. And all this time, you've been like you know, what we were doing. You were, you were just kind of doing everything out of your own strength, out of your own experience, trying to do things all by yourself. And God is saying, hello, why don't you ask? You haven't asked yet. You do not have because you did not ask. See, what, what, why is it that it's so important to ask? You, maybe you're asking, you, well, if God already knows our needs, if God loves me as I am, why does he just do it? Why does he have to wait for us to ask? Can I give you two reasons why you need to ask? Break this down. By asking God, you learn to depend on him. By asking God, you learn to have a relationship with God where you depend on him. See, God wants you to use a spiritual muscle called faith. And so he waits for you to ask. You know, there's once when I was uh, you know, drumming for a worship team. And uh, it was back in Taiwan when we used to live in Taiwan. And uh, I, was, I was the drummer for the team, and we're getting ready for practice. It was early morning, again, pouring rain. And I'm, I'm going to the, to, to the, uh, to the practice, and, and, and all of a sudden, I can't find my wallet. I'm like, where's my wallet? Oh, my goodness, where's my wallet? And I start looking everywhere for my wallet. I'm, like, looking around the sanctuary. I'm looking in the parking lot. I'm looking on the street. I'm looking everywhere. I can't, can't find it at all. And then I, I'm obviously a little bit agitated because if you've lost your wallet, you know, you're, you're a bit unsettled. And we're about to have this practice. And I guess the worship leader could tell that the drummer was kind of looking more agitated than even usual. And, and he was like, oh, JB, is everything okay? I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Was, oh, no, what's wrong? What's wrong? Well, I can't find my wallet. Okay, I just, I, I just lost my wallet. And, and, and he's like, okay, come, 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 come here. JB, come here, come here, come here, come here. And, and he, he brought me over. He said, hey, team, come, come let's, let's all come over. We're going to pray for JB right now. We're going to pray that he's going to find his wallet. And then I was like, okay. And then back in my mind, I'm like, okay, what's, what, what good is that going to do? All right? Okay, I just, I, we just, just it, 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 we're going to find it. We're not going to find it, whatever. And so we start praying. And he, he prays and says, God, I pray that JB would find his wallet in, in the next hour. In the next hour, his wallet would appear. And then, in Jesus' name, amen. You know what happens? Immediately after he prays that prayer, like, there's this woman, this old woman, who walks into the sanctuary, soaking wet, and says, did anyone lose a wallet? We found it three blocks away, and it's soaking wet, but it's here. I looked at the wallet. It was my wallet. I was like, oh, my goodness, I've never met you before. We've never met you before, but praise God you're here. God is good. Give God a big, big hand for that as well. Everyone say, you need to ask. You need to ask. See, God wants you to ask because by asking God, you learn to depend on him. Amen. You know, we can, we can be so self-reliant sometimes. We can be so focused on what we can do, our experience, our interpretation, our smarts, our ideas, our plans. But over time, I've learned that, you know what, one of the most important things I can ever do as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, is to spend time asking God and praying to him. And that's why there are certain prayers in my life that I'll pray every week. Not, not out of routine, it's just kind of almost just out of the urgency of my heart. I'll say stuff like, you know, God, like this is like, you know, maybe on my own, when I'm driving the car, when I'm having my own private time with God, I'll say stuff like, God, I need you. God, I can't do anything without you. I need you to be the father that you made me to be. I need you to be the husband that I'm, you made me to be. I need you to be, I, 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 need, I, I need you in order to be the, the pastor that you made me to be. I'll say stuff like, God, give me the right heart and the right perspective to look at the situation right now. Don't just change the situation, but change my heart if my heart 
heart is not right on the situation. I'll say stuff like, God, give me wisdom today. God, what do you want to say to the people this Sunday? God, Holy Spirit, come and fill me today. I need you today. I need you on Sunday. I need you every day. And, and it's, it's because I'm learning to depend on him. Amen. Amen. It's because you're going to find this, is that the size of your faith is determined by two things. One is the size of your ambition, and it's what you ask for. The ambitions in your heart and the way that you ask are a measure of the faith in your heart. God wants you to be someone who learns to depend on him. Turn to your neighbor and say, learn to depend on him. Reason number two why it's so important to ask is because by asking God, you give God room to show his power in your life. By asking God, you give him the space to show what he can do over what you can do. You know, I can be so full of myself sometimes that I, live, I leave no room for God to work. But then when I pray, when I ask God, I'm starting to give God the space to do what only he can do. You know, oftentimes the most important thing that changes you and uh, changes in prayer, the most important thing that changes when you pray, you know what it is? It's you. Very often, you know, when, when we pray, praise God, when circumstances change because we prayed, when, you know, situations get better because we prayed. But the most important thing that changes when you pray is not the situation, it's you. Amen. It's that, it's, it's, it's that when you pray, when you look to God in prayer, you go from being a worrier to a worshiper. You go from being someone who's full of anxiety to someone who's full of his peace. You go from someone who has no hope to someone who's full of the hope we have in Jesus Christ. You go from being someone who's full of fear and trepidation to someone who has confidence and security in your heart. You go from someone who's full of bitterness and grudges and unforgiveness. And through prayer, you become someone who becomes a more forgiving person by the power of God. If you believe that, say amen. And if you want to experience the power of God in your life, if you want God to expand your territory this coming year, the most important thing you can do is to ask and to pray. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. So how much do you pray? How much do you ask of God? Or do you depend mostly on yourself? See, prayer is where the power is. As as Pastor Young of our, our parent church in Taiwan would like to say, he likes to say it this way. He says, Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power, right? So simple, but so true. And with that in mind, that's why I want to let you know, this coming week, we want to present an opportunity to you to become someone who experiences more and more the power of prayer. And that is this coming Wednesday, September 20, we will be having our very first midweek prayer meeting of this new season. Give God a big, big hand for that. Give him a shout as well. Come on. It's our midweek prayer meeting. It's our midweek prayer meeting that we're going to be having once every other week in the next few weeks. As you're going to know that as we go into two services, we're not going to have communion Holy Spirit prayer meeting during the Sundays anymore. There's just no time for it. So we're going to be moving it to the midweek. We're going to be having prayer meeting during the midweek. And so if there's something you need to be asking God for, if you need to spend time in God's presence, if right now you're serving children's ministry, you can't get to service on the next Sunday, come to midweek prayer meeting because it's going to be a time where you can get into the presence of God and experience him and give God room to work his power in your life if you believe that say amen Twelve percent to see you at midweek prayer meeting Sid we see you at midweek prayer meeting 6 30 to 7 45 hopefully early enough for those of you who have young families you can still be there it's the same time that we had our fasting prayer meetings we had a great turnout praise God we might not be fasting this coming week you can if you want to but we can be praying this week together if you believe that say amen Will you guys join us for midweek prayer meetings coming Wednesday? Can I challenge you to do so? Can I invite you to do so? Can I encourage you to do so? Let's come together to pray, not just on Sundays, but as often as possible. Tell the person to give them a high five and say, see you at midweek prayer meeting. Amen, amen, amen. See, you might say here, hey, JB, uh, I, I hear you. I hear that prayer is cool and all that stuff. But the fact is, I've prayed for things that I still haven't received yet. I've prayed prayers that I still don't think God is answering. What about those times when you pray and you don't seem to get what you're looking for? Let's look at that right now. Look at James 4, 2 to 3 together with me. We can read in loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, You don't have what you want because you don't, oh, sorry, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Verse 3, And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. See, this is one of the first problems why we don't receive 
is because we don't ask. But there's a second problem, is that sometimes we do ask, but we, we ask with the wrong motives. Sometimes we treat God like a vending machine. We think, okay, God, if I, if I put enough money and I press the right buttons, then I can get what I want no matter what it is and no matter what my motives are. And you know, if we don't like it, if we don't get what we want, what do we do? Like with any vending machine, we start kicking the vending machine. Or we're like, how could you? I put in my stuff. I press the right buttons. What's wrong with you? And, 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 and see, can I tell you this right now? God is not a vending machine. He's not someone that you can kind of just, you know, you, that you can manipulate and do whatever you want with. It's not, you, it's, it's, God is not in the service of you. We are in the service of God. Amen. Amen. And see, here's the thing. If you want to significantly increase your chances of making requests to God, which God will grant, then can I tell you a little secret today? We're going to learn about it today. It's about learning to pray in Jesus' name. It's about learning to ask in Jesus' name. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's look at John chapter 14, 13, and 14 together. One, two, three, it says, it says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Okay, so here's, this is Jesus talking. He's saying, you can ask for anything in my name, everyone in my name, and I will do it. See, John 15, 16, read this one with me. One, two, three, it says, you did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Once again, you know, God will give you whatever you ask in my name, says Jesus. That's another promise. John 16, 23, 24, he says it again. Look at it. Look at it. It says, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So, and oh, keep on going. Verse 24, it says, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. See, over and over and over again, Jesus says, He will do whatever you ask in his name. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to ask in Jesus' name? See, does it mean that you just tack on those those magic words in Jesus' name to whatever prayer you're praying and you're going to get what you ask for? For example, in Jesus' name, a million dollars on my bank account right now, in Jesus' name. If you do, if you pray that, go ahead and pray that prayer, and you can check your bank account later on and see what happens. All right, or 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 maybe some people do revenge prayer. Oh God, that person hurt me so much. Attack in Jesus' name, right? Oh, oh, that person cut me off on the road in Jesus' name. Into the ditch you go. You know, do, 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 do you pray that? You know, try praying that. I don't think you're going to get the results you're looking for. Because the fact is, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? It's not just to tack on some magic words at the end of whatever prayer you're praying. Let me give you a definition for asking in Jesus' name. This is so important. Why don't you write it down right now? It says, to ask in Jesus' name means to ask for what Jesus would ask for, believing in the authority of Jesus' name to accomplish it. Why don't you write that down? Maybe take a picture of it. To ask in Jesus' name means that you're asking, not just for what you want, but you're asking for what Jesus would ask for. And you believe the authority and power in Jesus' name to bring forth what you're asking for. If you believe that, say amen. How do you ask in Jesus' name? Let's be really specific today. See, today I want to tell you this. Right now. You, can look, you can look up at me after you've finished writing your notes. See, here this, here's this. Look up at me right now. You see, asking in Jesus' name is really about two things. It's really about two things. It's about two words. Authority and conformity. Everyone say authority. authority. Everyone say conformity. Authority. It's about learning to pray, believing in the authority that is in the name of Jesus. And it's also about learning to pray in ways that conform to the heart of God. Amen. We're going to learn about what that is together. See, let's break it down today. Number one, when you pray, believe in the authority of Jesus' name to accomplish what you're praying for. Believe that not because you are, you know, shouting or because you're using a lot of big spiritual words, but it's because of Jesus' name that he will accomplish what you're praying for. You know, back when Pastor Charlie and I were living in Taiwan, we had a friend from Indonesia. Uh, her name is Ame. We, well, it's not her real name, but we call her Ame because her, her Indonesian name was a little tough for, for, tough for us to pronounce. Oh, Dekamakase Ame, right? And Ame. And, and that's all we knew. And, um, and, and, see, so, and, and Ame, she came from a Muslim home grew up going to the mosque, all that stuff. 
and she was heading back to Indonesia, uh, and uh, we wanted to see her off, wanted to send her off, and so we decided to go uh, to, to, to one of the uh, stuffed animal stores in our neighborhood to get her a big stuffed animal to just, you know, send her off as she's heading off back to her home in Indonesia. And I remember, you know, we were carrying this big stuffed animal. And in the back of my mind, looking back, I'm like, man, we should have given her a smaller gift than that, uh, just so it's easier for her to pack. But we gave, gave that gift to her anyways. And I still remember we're walking through the streets of Taipei with this big stuffed animal. We get to her house. We knock on the door. The family lets us in. And they say, okay, you, you can't stay very long because she's not feeling well. Well, what's wrong? Is Ami okay? Was, oh, yeah, she, she's, she's had this awful, awful stomachache all day, and we don't know why. She went to the doctor. We don't know why. N nothing seems to be working, uh, and, and you know, it's, she's just not in a good place, so just maybe don't stay too long. And so we're like, can we go see her? Like, yeah, yes, go, go, go see her. So, so we went into her room, and she, she, she's, she's, on, she's on the bed, like crouched this way, in an incredible amount of pain. And, and we're like, Ami, are you okay? And, 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 and you know, she, she started to talk, uh, and, and we, we, we speak in broken Mandarin, like I have broken Mandarin. Uh, Charlene has perfect Mandarin. I'm his broken Mandarin. Uh, and and, and we're, we're, we're talking in Mandarin, and she's saying that she's had the stomach ache all day. No matter what she does, doctors she's seen, doesn't seem to, they don't seem to know what's wrong. And so we're like, you know, can we pray for you? And she's like, okay. And so we start praying for her. And we just pray, in Jesus' name, stomach ache, go away. In Jesus' name, we rebuke that stomach ache right now in the name of Jesus. And that moment an amazing thing happens is that she, all of a sudden, like her, her stomach ache goes, and she feels this incredible peace in her heart that she'd never felt before. And to the point where she actually asked us to talk and to meet with her the next day. And she said, JB, Charlene, like, why is it that all these years I've been praying to Allah, but I've never gotten an answer like that? And we told her, it's because you need to pray in Jesus' name. Jesus' name is unlike any other name. Jesus is the name that's above every other name. And if you will pray in the name of Jesus and believe in the power of Jesus' name to heal sickness and to forgive sin, then you will experience God's power in your life. And it was the first time she'd ever heard something like that before she headed off back to her home in Indonesia. See, there is power in the name of Jesus to accomplish things that no other name, not your name or my name, can accomplish. If you believe that, say amen. Look at Philippians 2, 5, 11 together. What does it say? Read it with me in a loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the name that is above every name. Amen. Amen. High above every other power and authority, spiritual power, spiritual authority, Jesus' name is the name above every name. God exalted Jesus, the Son of God, for dying on the cross for our sins, for being a servant. He exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that's above every name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess, every spirit will surrender, because Jesus Christ is the name above every name. Come on, give God a big, big hand. Give Jesus the name above every name, a big Give a man a big hand right now. See, Jesus is the name of every name. And it's through his name that things get accomplished that no other name can accomplish. And so when Jesus encourages you and me to pray in his name, do you know what an amazing privilege that is? Don't you, don't, don't, don't you understand how big of an honor that is that we get, that we get to pray in the name of Jesus, the same name that healed the sick, the same name that calmed the storm, the same name that raised the dead, is the name that we are allowed and encouraged to pray in. It's the most powerful name. It's the name above every name. Come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. And when you know that, when you believe that as you pray, when you say, in Jesus' name, sickness go away. In Jesus' name, demon be cast out. In Jesus' name, mountain move. When you know there's authority in the name of Jesus, then all of a sudden you're going to see miracles take place as you pray. If you believe that, say amen. amen. But if you don't believe in the authority of Jesus 
then you could say in Jesus' name a thousand times after your prayer, and nothing's going to happen. Let me give an example. Acts 19, 13 to 17. Read it in a loud voice with me right now. One, two, three, it says, Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Keep going. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Verse 17, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. See, what's going on here is that you've got these seven guys called the sons of Sceva. Sceva was the high priest of Jerusalem at that time. He had seven sons, and these seven sons, they saw people like Paul, Peter. They're praying for people in the name of Jesus, and sick people are being healed. Dead people are being raised. The lame are walking. Amazing things are happening in the name of Jesus. And they're not Christians themselves. They don't believe in Jesus. They haven't trusted Jesus as their Savior. Jesus, they haven't asked to forgive their sins. But they just think, oh, it's cool. They're saying in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Maybe there's something to it. And so they decide to try it themselves. They start going to someone who has a demon possession issue, and they start praying, in Jesus' name, whom Paul preaches, it's because they don't know him themselves. And so they're saying, oh, in Jesus' name, who that guy preached, yeah, that guy, uh, in Jesus' name, be healed. And instead of healing taking place, the opposite takes place. They get overpowered by that demon. What does that tell you? Is that there is no greater power and no greater authority in the name of Jesus. But it is our faith in that name that unlocks the power to pray for people. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And so if you use the words in Jesus' name, but you don't really believe, or you haven't trusted Jesus truly, then you know what? your prayers will not be of very much effect at all. It's because you know these guys, they're praying in Jesus' name, who Paul preaches. They themselves didn't really believe it themselves. And so the demon even goes, okay, Jesus I know. And I know about Paul because Paul has trusted in Jesus, but who are you? In the same way, here's the thing. If you don't know Jesus, don't try to go in Jesus' name thinking that that's some magic portion, potion or magic spell you can cast because it's not going to work. But here's the thing. If you trust in Jesus with your life, if you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, if you say, Jesus, I don't just want to pray a prayer with your name on it, but I want you to come into my life to, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness, to make me your child, to make me a disciple of you. I want to follow you. I want to believe in you. I want, to, I want my life to be for you. If you do that, something amazing happens. You know what happens? Is that Jesus Christ, his life is now something that you can hide behind. What I mean by that is that now when God sees you, he doesn't just see your sin anymore. He sees Jesus' blood covering your sin. You went from being unrighteous and unacceptable in the sight of God to righteous and acceptable in the sight of God. You can come into the presence of God all because Jesus Christ, his blood covers your sin. Your life is now found and hidden in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And that's what allows us to come to the presence of God. It's not because we're such good people. It's not because we try to be nice or try to do good. It's not because we pray. It's not because we give. It's not because of anything that we could do. We could not do anything to get into the presence of God, to deserve his presence. But because God loved us, he sent Jesus for us, to die for us, to be raised again for us, so that we could have access to the presence of God. Amen. And that's why we can enter the presence of God. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. And not only can you enter the presence of God without fear and with boldness and with confidence, not, can, not only can you enter his presence, but when you have Jesus Christ in your life, you know what happens? You can pray in the name of Jesus and God will hear your prayer. You can use the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, and all of a sudden, because your life is found in Jesus, you have access to the most powerful name, the name above every name. It's like you've been given the password to the most powerful account in the universe. It's because of the name of Jesus. Come on, give God a big, big hand, because that's what he did for you and for me. Amen. Tell person, it's the name of Jesus. 
Is this making sense in this place this morning? Are you just learning something today? Maybe the reason why you haven't been seeing much power in your life from your prayers is because you pray in Jesus' name, amen, but you've forgotten the power that is in the name of Jesus. You've forgotten about the authority that Jesus has. That's the first thing you need to know if you want to pray in Jesus' name. When you pray, remember, believe the authority and power that is in the name of Jesus. Number two, when you pray, write this down, ask for what Jesus would ask for. See, praying in Jesus' name, I told you, is about two things. It's about authority, and it's about conformity. The first is about believing in the authority that's in Jesus' name. Second, it's about asking in a way that conforms to the heart of God, in a way that's consistent with the heart of God. And see, how can you make sure that you're asking for what Jesus would ask for? Why don't you write this down? It's by spending time with Jesus and building a relationship with him. It's by spending time with Jesus and building a relationship with him. Let me give you a little example here. See, prior to me uh, and Pastor Shar, you know, planting throughout church, I was working in a law firm in Taiwan. Um, and I was working with and for uh, a lawyer called David. David is a very senior lawyer in Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, one of the, uh, the most reputable lawyers in the city. In fact, if you look at those who's who lists of lawyers in the city, he, his name is almost always in a lot of those sections of that directory. Um, he's got a good name a very reputable name in the city. And uh, he was one of my favorite people to work for. Uh, he worked hard. He's smart. He's nice. Uh, he had some interesting quirks. Like he liked to go, you know, he liked to go dancing after almost every time we finished overtime, right? And so he, he oh, hey, you want to go clubbing with me? Oh, oh no, I, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go home. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, I'll see you later. And, and, and he, he, was, he, he was just a very interesting guy. And, um, you know, he uh, was the one who taught me how to write contracts. He's the one who taught me to analyze contracts. And, uh, you know, after a couple years of working together, one day, David, he said this. He said, Justin, that's what the J and JB stands for. He said, Justin, instead of me writing my own emails and letters, can, can you do that for me? He said, I'm going to entrust you with my name so that you can write letters and send emails and make requests in my name. I was like, wow, okay. For a, for, for a young guy like me, that, that felt like a lot of power. Um, and what was David doing? He, what he was doing? He was giving me authority to use his name. Um, did that mean that I could say whatever I wanted to using his name? Um, probably not, right? If I used David's name to say stuff that David wouldn't say, you know, three things would happen. Number one is I'd be fired, okay? Uh, number two, I would give David a bad name. Number three, I would confuse the people who were receiving that message. People like, this doesn't sound like David. Whenever, when does David say, I'm hangry, right? Or like, or, or like did someone hack into his account? What's wrong with him? Like, what's going on? And so, and instead of responding to the request that I've made in his name, they'd probably call David Dreth and go, are you okay? Or is something wrong? Or is someone hacked into your account? Because someone's using your name in a way that is kind of weird. And see, here's the thing. David's hope, and my hope too, in him giving me the authority to use his name, is that whenever I spoke or used his name, I would speak in conformity to what he wanted. Amen is that I would say what he would say. I would ask what he would ask. And, and so it's almost like when I am using his name, I'm stepping into David's shoes, almost pretending that I am David, and this is how I would write it. And see, here's the thing, is how do I make sure that what I say is what he would say? You know what I would do? Well, here's a few things I would do. One is I'd get into his presence, and I'd, I'd, I'd meet up with him. We'd get into his office. I'd sit there with him, and we'd talk for, for hours about certain issues that we need to write about. And I'd be, okay, what about this? What about, and I'd listen to what he has to say to me. There's nothing he would do, and I would do. I would, I, he, would, he would give me a file of old stuff that he'd written on this issue. I'd be going through files and files of stuff that he had already written in the past that would help me get a sense for how he would look at the situation right now. So I'd read these old letters from him. And then I'd go back to my computer. I'd, I'd write up the letter. And then I wouldn't just send it off, but I'd, I'd, I'd print it out. I'd leave a draft on his chair going, David, for your review, please look. And then I'd put it on his chair. The next morning, he'd put it on my chair with some handwritten changes. Sometimes it would be like bleeding red because there's so much stuff he wanted to change because I didn't say it the way he wanted to say it. But then over time, over time, he would, I, I would find that as, as I kept on giving him more, as he spent, kept, kept spending more time in his presence, kept reading the stuff that he wrote, kept talking to him and listening to what he has to say, that all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, there's much less red on my paper every time he gave it. And all of a sudden, I could, he, to the point where he said, you know what, don't even let me see it. You just go ahead and send it. Send it the way that you usually do. And, and what, what is that? What was I doing? I wanted to make sure that what I wrote conformed to what he wanted. 
Why do I mention that? It's because in the same way, Jesus has given you the power of his name to ask. But his expectation is not that you would use his name for any purpose or any reason, but he would, that you would use his name to accomplish what he would do. Amen. That you would use his, he would use his name to ask for the things that he would ask for, to say the things that he would say. See, God gives you his name and expands his territory in you, not just so that you can be comfortable, you can be happy, you can have what you want, but it's because he gives you his name because he wants to use you to be an instrument of his will on earth. Amen. He wants to use you so that your, his will is being done through your life, through your prayers, through the things that you do. And so how can you ensure that you're asking for what Jesus would ask for? It's the same thing. Write this down. To know what Jesus would ask for, spend more time with Jesus. Spend more time with him. Build a closer relationship with him. Just like I would get into David's presence, we'd sit in this boardroom or we'd sit across the desk from another, and I'd just sit there and I'd listen to what he has to say. Get into the presence of God, just you and him, and just talk to him. Listen to what he has to say to you. Be still in his presence. And before you talk, you listen to what he has to say. Amen. You know, read what Jesus has to say. Read what he's already written. Just like I, I look at these old files that David had written from like, you know, like 2001, 2002, 1996. I'd be reading all these old files. You, can, you have the old files of Jesus. It's the, it's the word of God. And you can read, you can open up the word of God and say, okay, what, what does God think of this situation? Oh, he's already written about this right here. This is how God thinks. This is God, how God feels about that situation. It's because you can, from the Bible, from the word of God, you can know how Jesus would look at a situation and what he would ask for in that situation. Am I making sense in this place? Amen. And, and then you know, when you have an idea, when you've got, oh, I've got a great idea. You know, and I'd be like, David, I've I got an idea. And you know what? I would say, hey, what do you think of this? What are your thoughts on this? I'd run the idea by David in the same way. Is that when you have an idea, you have a thought, you have a dream, you have a goal, you have something that you want to do, you want, before you go ahead and just do it and say, God, could you bless it? You bring it to Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? What, like, do you think this is right? Is there a better way to do this? And see, here's the thing. It's about learning Jesus' heart so we can pray what Jesus would pray. Amen. Is this making sense in this place this morning? Amen. See, the more you develop a close relationship with Jesus, the more you're able to know what Jesus wants in any situation, and the more you're able to know what Jesus would pray in any situation. And so here's a tip for those of you who want to learn to ask in Jesus' name, is that maybe you've been asking and asking and asking, and nothing's been happening. Can I tell you this? Next time, do this. Before you ask God for anything, run to him and run it by him first. Say, God, before I say, here's my plan, bless it, God, what do you think of this plan? You know, is, is it really the best thing for me to date two people at the same time? You know, maybe, what do you think? What do you think? God bless it. God bless, no, no, wait, wait, wait. What do you think? What do you think? Oh, is it really, you know, the, the, it, like, I, I've been wanting to, you know, I, like, you, you, you know, my marriage is in such a bad place. We've been thinking about, you know, separating all that stuff. We're, it, 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 we want to divorce. You know, and, and, and God, would you bless that plan? Bless that. No, 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 no. God, what do you think? God, what do you think? What, run it by him first. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. This is David talking. And one of the things I love about David, one of the reasons why I believe he's called a man after God's own heart, is because he wouldn't just assume all the time that he knew God's will for his life. He would ask God. He would inquire of God. Here's one example. Psalm 139, 23, 24. Read it in a loud voice with you. One, two, three, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Keep on going. Do you got it? See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What's David saying? He's saying, okay, before I assume that, you know, my plan is God's plan, before I assume that and ask God to bless it, before I name it and claim it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it before God. I'm saying, God, what do you think? Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything wrong with the way I'm thinking right now and lead me in your way. That's what he's talking about. You know, before as a younger Christian, I would have all these ideas of my own what relationship to pursue, what plan to go for, what career move to make. And, and I would just pray these prayers. Oh, God, bless that plan. God, God, open that door. God, bless that and bless that and bless that. And now, you know what? After all these years, you know, if you, if you were to have a, a, an inside look at my time with God now, so often it's just me listening to God. It's me just going, God, what do you think of this issue? How should we deal with this? Should we move to two services? Should we stay in one? You know, should, we, should, we, should, we, should we go here? Should we not? Should we, should we make that change? Should we not? You know, what, what do you want to say to the people this Sunday? What do you want to, what do you want to communicate to them? And, and so much is just me 
just asking God, what do you think? And then once I get a good sense through scripture and through the Holy Spirit of what God thinks, then I can start praying with confidence of what I believe God wants for my life, for my family, for my home, for my church, for my future. Amen. It's because I've run it by him first, and it comes out of a close relationship with him. And see, John 15, 5 to 7 says it this way. One read in a loud voice with you. One, two, three, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. See, God made you for a close relationship relationship with him, not a vending machine relationship, not a takeout counter relationship where, oh, welcome to McHeaven. What can I do for you? Welcome to McHeaven. Can I take your order, please? Do you want some fries with that? It's it's about, no, it's saying, God, I want to have a close relationship with you. Vine and branches. I'm going to remain in you. You're going to remain in me such that I can feel your heart beating in my life. That's the kind of closeness that God wants with you. And see, here's the thing, is that when you have that kind of close relationship with God, all of a sudden, the stuff that moves God starts to move you. The stuff that God would ask for or God would want, you would want to ask for and you would want. Psalm 37 says it this way. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It all begins with saying, God, I want a close relationship with you. Because when you have that, then you start asking for the things that you really need. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Until you have a close relationship with Jesus, you're going to be asking for all sorts of stuff that you don't actually need. It's until you have a close relationship with Jesus that you're going to find that when you have that, you're able to ask as Jesus would ask. Because the more time you spend with Jesus, the better you know Jesus. The better you know Jesus, the more you know what he wants. The more you know what he wants, the more you're able to ask in Jesus' name. And the more you ask in Jesus' name, the more you'll see God granting your requests because you're asking in accordance with his will. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Come on. Amen. Here's a question for you then. If you want to pray in Jesus' name, if you want to make requests that God is going to go, I like that, I'm going to answer that, then my question for you is this. How much time are you spending with Jesus? How much time are you investing in your relationship with him? Or are you more just, oh, God, I have a plan. Please bless it. And when he doesn't bless it, you blame him. Go, God, why? It's all your fault. You never asked him in the first place. See, God wants you to have a close relationship with him. And from that, everything else flows because God made you for a close relationship with him. If you believe that, say amen. That's why come to church Making church your priority is awesome. Love the fact that, you know, a number of you guys who came here today, your first time at church today, at church was last week or two weeks ago. And you're like, I'm back again. So proud of you guys. Bless, bless God and praise God for that because you know what? It's that you are making church your priority now. You're saying, God, I, 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 I don't want just to see you on a big event day, but I, but I want to see you every week. In fact, you don't have to wait for every week, every Sunday. You can meet with God every single day. That's what we call our game time. If you know what the game stands for, say it with me. It stands for our God and me experience. It's about spending time with God every day, reading his word, learning to pray, growing our relationship with God. Another one that we're doing is our our midweek prayer meeting. We're on Wednesday, starting this Wednesday, where you can come and we can gather together as a family of God and come and draw close to Jesus, build our relationship with him, not just ask him for stuff, but draw close to him so we know what to ask for. If you believe that, say amen. 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 Tell person to give him a high five and say, it's about a close relationship with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Number three, and we're going to close. See, when I talk about praying in Jesus' name, asking in Jesus' name, there's one more thing I want to let you know. Is not only do you want to ask, believing in the power and authority that Jesus has in his name, not only do you want to ask the way that Jesus would ask, but number three is you want to be persistent in prayer. Tell a person to be persistent. See, to pray in Jesus' name is about learning to be persistent in your prayers. And one of the things I love about Jesus is he doesn't give up easily. That's just the amazing thing about him. He went through more criticism, more opposition, more trials, more challenges than anyone else. Faced every temptation we've ever faced, and yet he never gave up. He's amazing. Jesus is amazing. And one of the most amazing moments of his life 
is where he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to, to go to the cross. He's getting ready to be betrayed. He's getting ready to be arrested. He's getting ready to be convicted of crimes he didn't commit. He's getting ready to be tortured. He's getting ready to be beaten. He's getting ready to go to the cross where he's going to die for our sins. He's getting ready for the toughest 24 hours of any human being that has ever walked this face, the face of this earth. He's getting ready for all that. And he, in his heart of hearts, he doesn't really want this to happen, but, he, he, and, but he's saying, if you know, God, you know, let your will be done. Not my will, but yours be done. And he prays it three times. Three times. Not just once. But he goes to prayer. He comes back. Goes back. Prays. Goes back. Comes back again. Prays again. He's persistent in prayer. And that's what we want to do as well as people of prayer, is we want to be persistent in our prayers. Amen? Don't give up easily. Tell person, don't give up easily. Look at Ephesians 6, 18 together. One, two, three, it says, pray in the spirit at all times and every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Do you see that? It says, stay alert and be persistent. Tell person, be persistent. Look at Colossians chapter 4. It says, one, two, three, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Tell person, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. So pray often. Don't just pray on Sunday. Come to midweek prayer meeting on Wednesday. Don't just come to midweek prayer meeting on Wednesday. Pray to God every day. Be persistent in prayer. You know, let me just close with this one last thing. As many of you guys know about this, this that happened, I never shared it with you guys personally, is that last month uh, was a really cool month. We had our, our own church retreat. And then the week after, I was asked, invited to go to, uh, to be the, the, the speaker at a, a youth conference in Seattle, about 270 young people and kids. And it was an amazing time. We saw God move in such powerful ways. Saw the Holy Spirit move in such powerful ways. Um, to the point where I almost wanted to take a video of it, but then I sent the Holy Spirit and said, don't, don't do that. And um, it was just such a powerful time. And, and, and that, none of that would have happened had it not been for something that happened on the Thursday of that camp. And that is this, I'm driving by myself to Seattle, and I'm in the car, and uh, I get to Customs. And uh, Customs says, oh, so uh, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Seattle. And they say, so what are you doing? Oh, I, I'm, I'm a speaker at a youth camp, and so I'm just there for the weekend. I'm coming back. Oh, you are? Okay, please pull over. And then for the next uh, about two and a half hours, they, they questioned me on why I'm there, uh, about all the stuff. And I gave them the paperwork that I had. But they were like, at the end of it, they look at the paperwork and say, sorry, um, we're not, uh, not going to let you go through. We're not gonna, you're going to have to tell them that you're not going to be the speaker. I'm like, what? Are you kidding Seriously? You're breaking my heart, man. Seriously? Like, and, and, and they're like, yeah, I'm sorry. Nothing we can do. And I was like, come on, there, there, there must be a way. And they're like, no, sorry, nothing we can do. Texted the, the, the team, texted Pastor Shar. The moment they got that text, they texted our, our staff, uh, texted Pastor Shar. The moment they got those texts, um, I was really touched by what they did. Is that, you know, Pastor Shar and Bradley, they're, they're the science world. And so Pastor Shar and Bradley, they, they go to a bench and they say, and, and Pastor Shar says, Bradley, Bradley, we've got to pray. And then, um, what's it? And then the staff team, they, they get in the office and uh, they start praying. Just pray, 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 pray. And for the next two hours, no good news. Everything's like, sorry, sorry, not, no, it's not going to happen. Please don't, don't come to us again. You come to us again and ask us if, we're, if you can go, we're going to do something to you. Uh, and, and they're all that stuff. And, and, um, and then finally, you know, like, I was, I was just like, okay, there's maybe one last shot that I'm going to ask one more time. And then I, and I said, okay, keep on praying. And so, you know, in the meantime, Pastor Shar and Bradley are praying. Uh, you know, our staff, Ryan, Amy, we have a couple of brothers uh, who are praying. They're, they're up in the U-barn. They're, they're on their knees. They're praying, praying, praying for like four hours now, for four hours. Finally, I, I, I get to, the, I, I get to the, the gate, and the guy says, I, I'm, up, I'm, I'm about to drive back to Canada because there's just no hope anymore, it seems. I'm driving back to Canada, and, and the guy runs up to me, one of the customs guys. He, he, he asked me to roll the window down, and he says, um, okay, just read in between the lines of what I'm saying. Just, just go back again. Just go back again. And so I was like, okay. So I went out. I went back into Canada. The, can, the customs guy was, so how long are you here in the U.S. for? Oh, three hours, four hours. Oh, okay. And, and I, I went back in, back in the line again. And finally, after a couple more hours of waiting, they said, all right, um, we're, we're not sure if we should do this, but uh, I don't know, but we're just, we're just going to let you go. Mr. Lim, we're going to let you go. And you can go to the speak this. You can go speak at this retreat. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yes. You're not kidding? Yes. And, uh, and I was like, oh, man, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can we give God a big, big hand for all of that? Can we give God a hand for that? Can we give him a shout as well? And see, I don't know what would have happened if our team back home had not persisted in prayer. 
if we'd given up on the first try, the second try, the third try, the fourth try, and the fifth try, I don't know what else, I don't know, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if we would have seen God move at that youth conference. I don't know if I've even been at that youth conference at all. But because we persisted in prayer, because I believe we asked in Jesus' name, we saw God move in a powerful way. If you believe that, say amen. Maybe you're here in this place and there's something you've been praying for. And for some reason, it's, it just hasn't been happening. Maybe in your home, in your workplace, with your kids, with your marriage, with your health, or the health of someone you love. And you're confident for some reason that as much as you search God's heart, as much as you read God's word, that, you know, God, I just don't believe that you would have a different plan on this one. I, I just don't sense you saying there's something different. If that's you in this place and you've sought God, you've run it by God, can I tell you this one thing? Persist in prayer. Persist in prayer. Persist in prayer. Don't give up easily. Don't give up. Keep on going. Just like, just like Ephesians 6.18 says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Because here's the thing. God expands the territory of those who have ambition and those who ask. And he also expands the territory of those who persist in prayer. If you believe that, give God a big hand here in this place right now. Praise God. Amen. Come on, give God a big shout in this place. Come on. Don't give up. Turn past you. Don't give up. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes us. Prayer changes situations. That's why I'm going to encourage you one more time. You've heard me say it over and over because I really want you there. Come to our midweek prayer meeting this coming Wednesday. Come and pray together with our church this coming Wednesday because prayer changes things. The presence of God changes things. The name of Jesus changes things. Thrive Church, it is time to extend our territory in 2017-2018. It's time not to stay the same, be the people we used to be. It's time to move forward, to move in courage, to move not in fear but in faith, to move forward knowing the best is yet to come, to, to reach like we haven't reached before, to give like we haven't given before, and knowing that in Jesus' name, amazing things will happen as we move forward, that mountains will move as we move forward, that miracles will take place as we pray in Jesus' name, that lives will be changed, that people will come to Jesus, that marriages will be restored, that children will grow up strong and healthy, that our church will be a big, happy, healthy, wise, strong, loving church in the city of Vancouver, alive, expectant, involved, out loud, united in the city of Vancouver. Come on, give God a big hand in this place. Give him a shout as well. Amen. But if we want to see that, if we want to see that, we need to ask. We need to ask God. We need to ask and pray persistently. Because to ask in Jesus' name means to believe in his authority. It means to ask in conformity to his heart. It means to pray persistently. So why don't you stand up from your feet, find a few people around you, give them a high five and say, let's ask in Jesus' name. Let's ask in Jesus' name. Let's ask in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's respond to the word of God this morning.